It's January 9th, and tonight on Episode 2, Season 1 of the Mark and Mondal Show, we have post-game reactions from Alabama's epic comeback walk-off win over Georgia. We have the Birds divisional matchup when Matty Ryan and the Falcons come to town. And last but not least, T-Money and I have our playoff pickums of the weekend. Let's go. Welcome to the Mark and Mondile Show, your source for uncensored sports commentary. Starring Mark Franklin and Tyler Mondile. From our minds to your ears, we call it how we see it. Welcome to episode number two of the Mark and Mondal Show. I'm your host, Mark Franklin, alongside my co-host, MLB prospect Tyler Mondal. What's up, T? What's going on, Frank? How are you? Yo, what about that game last night, bro? Oh, that was unreal, man. What a finish to that thing. If you guys out there watched that whole entire game, you found out why Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time. This is no question. This man took out last year's SEC Offensive Player in the Year at halftime and put in a true freshman in front of 77,000-plus. You want to talk about being bold. This dude showed you what was up. Right. This man literally told everyone, I'm going to do what I want, when I want. He started Tua, put him out there, and you know Georgia's coming in halftime up 13-0. They're hot. They're ready to go, but they're still making changes, and they're getting out there. And they're strategizing still towards Jalen Hurts. And they come out, and they got Tua out there, and that kid looked like Marcus Mariota. Right. And I feel bad for the people that fell asleep early last night because that second half was very, very intriguing. And I think Georgia, Frank, to be honest with you, pulled up late. You know, they I thought they had the game won after the third quarter. They didn't play. They didn't play like they did the first three quarters in the fourth quarter, and they looked awful in that fourth quarter. And I'll tell you what, that kid, too, he put on a magician display out there last night. He went 14-24, 166, three touchdowns and a pick in his first time ever going on a college football field in front of 77,000 in Mercedes-Benz Dome in Well, Atlanta. he played this year a little bit. He got, but, he got in there a little but bit. But this man got put on the biggest stage. Yeah, right. I mean, you're coming out of Georgia defense that's hot. They're rolling. They haven't even gave. They haven't even surrendered a point to the team. And he's coming out there. He's converting a third and nine. When I when he converted that third and nine and spin, span away from however many Georgia defenders, it may have been six, he – it was epic. He got the first down. I'm like, oh, my God, Alabama is going to win the game. It was a game changer. And then they went right down the field. They scored that touchdown, and it turned to Mojo. And, and Alabama's defense came out right on that kick return. They dead stopped him at, like, the eight or nine. And then it was this Mojo from Bama on, there on out. And Saban – I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, I saw the kid too out there, and I thought to myself, if this works, and and, and Alabama actually comes back and wins with this, with this move, Saban pulled off. Saban pulled off. I mean, uh, it's legendary. I mean, think about that. Hearns is twenty-five and two. He's the Hertz, guy. Hertz. All, Hearns, right? Hurts, Hurts, Jalen Hurts. Hurts, Hurts with a T. Hurts is twenty-five and two. He's been their guy all year, and then you're going to go out there down thirteen to nothing, and then it's post conference. Saban says. Yeah, I think we needed to pass it a little bit more in the second half, so I went to my guy, too. Like, he was right there ready to roll. You know, he went out there and rolled down the field on Georgia's defense. It looked – it was crazy. He it said was it, unreal. He said it was the happiest he's ever been in his life after With the game. With no smile. Zero. And he's usually like, ah, I missed out on six weeks of recruiting. You didn't hear about that. This team, this Alabama team, remember, they weren't – they didn't have all their guys. They lost – who'd they lose to the draft? They lost Jonathan Allen. They just got beat by Clemson and OT last year. They were – 
starting out slow. They really didn't impress anybody and almost didn't even make it to the playoff in right. general. And now Nick Saban's sitting up there with six national championships. That's more than every FBS coach combined. The only coaches that even trail him, Urban Meyer has three, Dabo Sweeney has one, and Jimbo Fisher has one. No wow. one is sniffing this guy. They talked about him maybe going to the Giants. That's not happening. He's a legend in Alabama. They, I'm pretty sure the boosters, they pay his taxes. Right. Uh, I got this statistic right here, Frank, that I thought was mind-boggling. Dating back to the year 2000, every recruit that has signed and stayed with Saban for three years at LSU or, or Alabama has won at least one national championship. They got a ring. Unreal. They got a ring. That guy's a legend. I, that, I'm, that game last night was probably one of the best games I've ever watched. And I mean... What's up, Vegas? You're going to open up at four and a half and drop to three and a half, and they're going to win by three. Right. And if you took the tide, well, you weren't weren't as happy as me, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Shoot up. <laughs> but just, ah, uh, Tua, I, I can't pronounce his last name. I just call him Mariota. The, the kid literally put on a show. Jalen Hurts is going to have to, he's definitely going to have to change his position or he's got to transfer because Tua is now the guy. He won you the national championship through the game winning touchdown. He threw. He threw three touchdowns and a half. He didn't just start the whole game. He threw three touchdowns and a half. The S, the reigning SEC Offensive Player of the Year, he threw two completions and a half, let alone touchdowns. Right. This dude, too, is a star. And last night, that's two freshmen at QB. Right. I think Kirby Smart got outcoached a little bit in that game, too. You know, Bama, Bama goes down. They get that field goal to, or, uh, to cut it to a touchdown. And then Georgia goes three and out, like, very quick. Alabama punted, gave Georgia a shot there when it was tied. And then Georgia goes three and out again. You know, like, Kirby Smart had to have some plays in there. And he, he looked like he was getting out coached there late. And that's when the biggest parts of the game are where you have to have your play calling set up. And you need those those big plays or those, you know, those play action plays that, that, that scare the uh, – change the defense up, you know. And it, he didn't have them. Yeah, well, you got to remember that. Georgia didn't come out second half. They weren't prepping to see Marcus Mariota out there. That right. was not that was not in their game plan. The lefty Mariota, lefty too, and throwing dimes, throwing dimes out there. Literally, kid looked like he's been there before. Hawaiian and, Tebow, Frank, this two a guy. Hawaiian Tebow, yeah. I just like he's friends with Mariota. He went to the same high school as him. I like calling him Mariota. This is my guy. <laughs> You know what was actually happened in the world of sports today, if anyone cares? January 9th, Leandro and Lamelo, Lamelo Ball made their professional debuts, if anyone actually gives a shit. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone does, to be honest with you. I, I called one of my buddies, and he was telling me he was watching the game. I asked him what the hell he was doing with his and, life. The game's in Lithuania, but I'll give you I'll give you Lamelo Ball. He, he got 10 points, uh, 9 assists, and 6 turnovers. I mean, the kid is 17. Like, what do you want from him? Right, right. And then his brother, Leandro, the... Um, the uh, the burglar, um, he had he went nine he had nineteen points I think he had a couple turnovers and he had a couple assists but I mean he's obviously older more mature he's not as good as his younger or older brother he's stuck in the middle but he's there you know mm-hmm. you got to give him credit he's out there balling in Lithuania right. perhaps to those guys I mean I mean of course everybody knows and because ESPN's covering it for some odd reason yeah because Lavar Ball is all Lavar Ball is on ESPN every time well, I ESPN is dying. I'll tell you, dude. <laughs> Looking too good. And bar, yeah, Barstool, my guys at Barstool, they yeah. love ripping in the ESPN. It's a oh, great sight to see. Great material on Barstool. But let's switch to the birds, man. Let's go to what we're here to talk about. Yes, and sir. we we ran a Twitter poll today, guys, on Twitter. I think we had a all right, we had it's seventy votes. 
tweeted about two hours ago. Um, so we asked the public, we want to know, what's your biggest fear heading into the Eagles' first playoff matchup versus Atlanta? And there was three options. Nick Foles, the inconsistent defense of the Birds, or just the Falcons in general? Surprisingly, only 6% <laughs> voted the Falcons in general, which is... Which is true. Which is, yeah, I guess because we're in Philly. 11% uh, voted the inconsistent defense, and 80 an overwhelming 83% voted Nick Foles. And he hasn't proven to anyone this season as to why we should be worried about anything else. Right, I think my, I think I voted on that, and I, w- I would have picked Nick Foles too, uh, just because you know the game against Dallas and the game against Oakland. He doesn't have many Eagles fans' confidence level high right now, and he doesn't have my confidence level high right now too. But I still believe in the guy, and I think he can go out there with the right play calls and two weeks to you know prep for this prep for this game and have the right play call set up for you know Ajayi and Clement with the rushing game and have a lot of rushes for those two get the blunt in the short yardage gain and then kind of open it up for Nikki a little bit so the play action can happen the linebackers maybe dip down for the run get Earth to cross the middle you know that's what's going to have to happen and I'll tell you what this mofo Alshon Jeffrey needs to step up and be out there this game and do something because he got shut down against Oakland he didn't have a catch against Dallas I know he didn't really I don't even know he, if didn't he played play. okay he didn't he play know. Whatever. He got shut down against Oakland. He needs to come out there and have a day on well, Saturday. Well, I'll tell you what. When you talk about the receivers, you got to remember, number nine slinging the ball around, not number 11. It's just different out there. Obviously, the rhythm, is, the rhythm hasn't been there as of late as we've seen as a public on the field. Nothing has really been produced. And it just hasn't looked pretty for Nick Foles and the Birds as of late. Really, two weeks ago, I would have told you, why don't we give Sudfield a chance against our, whoever we're facing? And now as the weeks have gone by, I really I don't know what else to say. I guess we, ha- we have to ride with Foles. I mean, we signed Sudfield rather than Kaepernick. That's a whole issue within itself. Five years ago, the guy was in the Super Bowl. He can't even get a job. We right. signed a rookie from Indiana, and he's, and he's our backup on our way to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's what we got to work with. We have to go with Foles. I think I think another huge key for this game Saturday, Frank, is this defensive D-line. The D-line is just – it's going to be a huge factor for, for the Eagles if they come out and they get pressure on – they get pressure on Matty Ryan. They stop that run game with Freeman and Coleman. You know, they get some – they get the crowd into it with a sack or something like that. You know, maybe turn, maybe turn the ball over early just to get the crowd momentum into it. And I will be attending this game, and I'll tell you, if they get a, if they get a, a big sack early on, it's just going to get that that stadium rocking. And when the link is rocking, man, it's a tough atmosphere to play in. And I'll tell you what, I remember when the Falcons came to the to the link last year, and they were one of the best offensive teams, Frank. And the Eagles held them to 15 points, and that game was huge for the Birds. They needed to win that game, and the link was actually rocking, man. So I hope I know Saturday is going to be the same way, and I know these fans are going to be juiced up for it. And I couldn't I couldn't tell you how the excitement I have right now. For yeah, it. and the thing I mean, the thing is, I was I was worried about Foles and the cold, and it's not going to be that cold. But listen, we've seen Foles how good he can be when he had that great showing in Oakland a couple years back 2013 when he set when he tied the passing record for touchdowns in a single game he looked like a superstar and then the temp the thermometer goes below 40 he looks like the case Keenum of old you I think know? it'll be I think it'll be 43 on Saturday so hopefully 43 you know. but then it's supposed to drop to 33 a half the guy 
You talk about Ertz, you talk, talk about Ertz, you talk about Jeffrey, you want them to get involved, but they got to get the football. They don't start with the football. Number nine starts with the football under center and the shotgun. It's, right. all, it's all on him. It's Very on true. his shoulders. Very true. That's why it has that over, overwhelming vote on Twitter. It's all on the quarterback. It's the biggest position in football, and we were lucky enough to get a guy like Carson Wentz, but because we have this black curse over this city that he had to go down. <laughs> but it's just, it's just frustrating, and... Yes, the Falcons have a suspect offensive line, and you hope the defensive line comes to work. Fletcher Cox shows why he's getting paid a billion dollars to play defensive line and eat a shit ton of cheesesteaks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think a big key is our, our secondary, too. Uh, I think uh, Julio Jones could, is a lethal weapon, and I don't want to see him light it up. I think you got to get beat by somebody else, in my opinion. You know, let Sanu, let Gabriel, let their uh, tight end, whoever it is, Hooper, Get like beat you. I don't want Julio Jones on a slant for sixty yards for a touchdown. Well, Julio Jones is a problem. It doesn't matter who the cornerback is, and we don't have our son. double. I team. mean, last time we we last time we we've saw our cornerbacks play, they can't cover Julio Jones. Last time I watched the Eagles play in person, I saw Jalen Mills play on a, a route from Amari Cooper like he's never played football in his life. And now we got number eleven in red to worry about. That's a big issue. I feel like, my personal opinion, this game is all on the defense in every which way, shape, and form. Matty Ryan, Devontae Freeman has scored a touchdown every week in the past four weeks. It cannot be five in a row. If it gets to five in a row, we're not going to win this football game. It's, we're just not going to win the football game if, it gets to, if, he get, if he scores another touchdown. I'll tell you, the defense, if we get a defensive turnover, the game's in our hands. We get a defensive turnover... Imagine Brian Dawkins' pregame speech times 50,000. We get a defensive turnover in a playoff game in the link. The Falcons ain't going to be able to hear. Matty Ryan's going to be cold as shit. He didn't even practice today. I hope everything's okay. He let, he did not practice today. He left for personal reasons. His wife's pregnant. I hope everything's fine. But he didn't. He did not practice today. That's an advantage. He missed out on a day of work. I remember last year uh, also when Matt Ryan came to the link, he told his team before the game, uh, that you know this this crowd uh, gets to you and you know prep for the crowd and it's gonna be loud. They had the they had the silent counts. They had the audibles ready before they went out. You know it's stuff like that, like the, the silent audibles because it's so loud if they're down. And I I truly think that if the Eagles come out early and score and get a Jai going and get this get Ertz involved and score early and maybe get a turnover early or something like that along those lines, maybe a defensive score early is the biggest thing I think in this game is the start of this game. Because if we get behind and we and Foles has to come from behind and just throw, 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 no. it's not going to work. The Eagles will not win the game. I repeat, the Eagles will not win the game if it is on Nick Foles' back. It's not going to happen. I don't care. It's not going to happen. It literally, he has not shown anything as of late. Three years ago, of course, or five years ago, literally five years, it's 2018 now. He did have that game in 2013. We got to live in the present. We can't think of Nick Foles of old. Doug Peterson told him, be Nick. Okay, does that mean be Nick from 2013 or be Nick from the guy that couldn't throw a touchdown pass against the Oakland Raiders secondary that I'm pretty sure I can get a starting job at corner on? Because that's ridiculous. No, yeah, that's true. That's true, Frank. I mean, he only has one playoff start. I know, I know, it's going to be in his hands a little bit, but that's what I'm saying. Where you got to get the run game going, you know, maybe, maybe third and short, you give it to a Jai and run. I would love the, the, the way if the offense is going to be if the if the offense is going to go forward in any way, it's got to be high percentage pass, passes from Foles, all screens, slip screens, short slant routes, mm-hmm. 
all high percentage throws. And yeah, you want to get the run game going, but Atlanta held Todd Gurley, MVP candidate, Todd Gurley, to 14 carries and 100 yards. No touchdowns. So we want to get the run game going. When this defense just successfully stopped the best runner in football last Wait, week. Wait, he had 14 carries for 100 yards? 100 yards flat. It's a pretty good game in my opinion, dude. He didn't score. 14 carries, 100 yards. Think about that. I, I want a guy to have 25. I, under, I understand so what you're Jai saying. So a guy has 25, a buck 20, we want and the, a touchdown. I, I see we, want to take up, we want to take up the clock. If he only okay. touched the ball 14 That's times. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We, can't let we can't let 25 to 30 touches around. for a guy. Like Maybe it's backyard football. He can't be throwing the ball around. No, no, 20, 25, 30 touches for Ajayi. I want to see Clement get maybe, you know, 8 to 10 rage. And I want to see Blount. Only, I only <laughs> want to see LeGarrette Blount out on the field in short yardage or goal line situations. Short I'm yardage. sorry. Third. I want Ajayi and Clement. I want him out there. Yep. Clement's the man. I like Clement. I, Jay, think, I think Clement's the most I think Clement's the most productive runner on the team. And didn't Ajayi roast the Falcons this year? When yeah, he was Ajayi, in Miami? Ajayi, Ajayi with Miami this year had... Uh, over 100 yards against the Falcons defense. So exactly. that's good, something to that, look at. The Falcons weren't that good a couple weeks back. They're peaking at the right time. So, of course, we're we're on our heels. We're worried. Yeah, Jai had 26 carries for 130 yards, Frank, yeah. when he played the Falcons. That's around what I want. What the, what's the date on that game, though? Because the Falcons are different. Okay. Just well, like – I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. No. What, what's uh, the date that was there? week, what, three or – that was early, I think. Um, October 16th. So yeah, okay. That was early. That's early, and that's a different Falcons team. I know the Eagles on October sixteenth would have they they reversed the Falcons this week. <laughs> it wouldn't even be it wouldn't even be close. But that's weeks back, and sadly we got to live right now, and we just got to deal with it. Right. And the thing that the thing that I like the thing that I like the most is that we have Super Bowl winners on the team. We have a young team that wants to win, and they're hungry, and they believe in themselves. They've been saying it all week. And I love that the Eagles are the first ever underdog at home in a playoff matchup. First ever. Me too. First ever in a playoff matchup. Opened at two and a half. It's already at three. As a number one seed. I love that. Yeah, number one seed. That that actually gives me hope that the Eagles are a home dog this week. It gives me hope. If they would have came out as the favorite or a pick them, I'm going to win. But I'll tell you what. I got faith in the birds because they're a home dog this week, and that that's just that's just what it looks like. Jenkins, Long, and Smith—they're Super Bowl winners. They've been preaching to these guys all week long. Who did Jenkins win one with? The Saints. Yeah. <laughs> all week yeah, yeah, long. Yeah. Who were the other two? Ma- Malcolm Long Jenkins, fans, Chris Long, Patriots, Torrey Smith, Joe Fa- Joe Flacco, oh, yeah, Baltimore yeah, Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the leaders are there. Right. We just got to go out there and do it. The link's got to be packed. The link's got to be packed. The link will be packed. The link will be loud. Definitely be rocking. Well, we got Julio Jones and Matt Ryan coming in versus a very suspect team. I think a lot. I think a lot of this game too has to do with uh, on the coaching staff a little bit. You know, two weeks, two weeks to prepare for this game. Uh, you know, they got to come out with. With some things that they've been prepping for, maybe some, maybe a trick play in there or something. I don't know, but they better have some play calls for Nick Foles, and they better have adjusted to him and been looking at his video a little bit more, and not looking at it as okay, we can run the same offense as Carson Wentz because you cannot do that. Of and course. I don't know why people think that because you cannot. It's not Wentz behind there; it's Nick Foles. If you guys remember when Nick Foles was here with Chip Kelly, Kelly loved to run the option 
like there was an option in Nick Foles running the ball, ever. There is no option with Nick Foles. It's a waste of a play. I hate seeing it happen. It's one of the most annoying things to watch about the Eagles. Now and then. Right now, me and Ty are going to make picks. <laughs> and I'm going to, right now, first up, we got the Birds game. Opened up at two and a half. It's at three. Who you got, to? I'll take Philly plus three in this matchup. Obviously, we're just talking about them a lot. I think I think the Eagles win, in my in my opinion. You know, uh, I think they come out on top. They went out right. They, they win by maybe, I want to say, like 24-14, 27-17. Like. Yeah, I got – I'm a big, big buy points guy. I, I don't know. I like – I would buy the birds to four points, recommend it, just let alone the disrespect that is shown by making them the first ever home dog, especially as the number one seed. That is literally... It's going to fool. The, it's gonna fuel the locker room. That's oh, the, what I loved about yeah. it when I first saw it. I said, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get behind these guys and say, wow, they just disrespected us. You know, let's go out and kick somebody's ass. It is. Ass. The, ener- the energy's there. The energy is there. That's all day. Yeah, it was Birds plus four is a lock. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. The disrespect. And if they get blown out, I'm sorry. Gave you a loss. But I like the birds getting points. Next up, we got New England and Tennessee at 13 and a half. What's up, T? You know, I'm going to have to take the dog here too, Frank. I know I might sound crazy. I would take Tennessee plus 13 and a half. I think, uh, I think New England wins by about 10. Or maybe, you know, maybe, you know 37, 27 is my final. You said New England wins by 10? Yes. Tennessee yeah. covers. There's two things you don't do, ever. You don't trust the Browns with a spread, and you never bet against Tom Brady. Patriots minus 13. Patriots win by two touchdowns. They cover. I don't think the Titans sniff the board. I'll be honest with you. They love kicking field goals. My prediction for that game, maybe they don't even, Patriots don't even let up. Because, oh, especially because all this stuff that's going on. Oh, wow. That, they're just using that as a cover, so people think Titans are going to actually have a chance. Wow. Let's do 27-3, Pats. Okay. And we got Jacksonville uh, Steelers opened up at uh, 7.5. It's still at 7.5. I'm going to take the dog here too, Frank. You know, I think I'm going to take uh, I think take Jacksonville's defense here with the 7.5 points. Uh, I see it being kind of close. I don't know why. I got, uh, I got Pittsburgh sneaking out of there, 30-28. Okay, well, I got um... – I like Pitt minus seven by the half, obviously. I like Pitt to win it all. Pitt's wow. actually my favorite to win it all. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. they deserve to win that game against the Pats. Shazier going down. Um, that touchdown not counting. Everyone counting them out since A.B. went down. A.B.'s going to be back. I like Pitt to win this game cover 28-21. Seven and a half. All right, that's breaking. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm not seven and a half. You lose. Yeah, we'll lose. Wow. Actually, wait, what am I saying? Jacksonville's not going to score. Wait, did you see Blake Bortles play last I week? Did, yeah, wait, I'm did. sorry, everybody. They're playing the Jags. Wait. Wow. 21 zip. <laughs> 21 zip. Okay. Uh, then we got New Orleans, Minnesota. Uh, you know, I'm rolling with the dogs this weekend, as you can tell. I'm going to take New Orleans plus four here. I think uh, Drew Brees is going to go into Minnesota and and anyone that uh, is a Minnesota Vikings fan that, that the Super Bowl is going to be there and you guys are going to be the home team because that's not happening. Uh, Ingram and Kamara is going to come in there and start rolling on you guys. Sorry about it. Plus yeah. four, New Orleans. 
Everyone took New Orleans last week. They obviously didn't cover. They won't be covering this week either because Minnesota's walking out there. Easy dub, actually. I don't. Mm, I see it as a very. I see it as a good game. I'm just Minnesota covers the minus three, or it's at minus four. I, yeah, like, four. I would like it at three. Why them three? <laughs> they, wow. Mm. Twenty-one seven. Wow. Yeah. I got New Orleans I got no, I'm not a big New Orleans guy. Not a New Orleans believer. I thought Cam was going to win out right last week, but couldn't hang in there. He got smacked towards the end of the game. Definitely was concussed. Said it was his eye. Great lie. I got, I got New Orleans 31-17. Oh, wow. You got them beating the Vikings like that? I do, yes. When they're on a quest to get the Super wanna, Bowl at home, when they, they see the birds struggling the way they are. Real quick, um, you guys want to roll with the underdogs this weekend? We're good. Okay. Trust me on that. <laughs> well, everybody, that's episode number two of the Mark and Mondale Show. I'm Mark Franklin. Team Money right here. And I'm out.